Good evening and welcome to the Tea with Nick podcast. Uh, this podcast, I talk sports mainly, but I talk other news, I talk life. I really just basically talk about things and I drink some tea. So tonight I am drinking a tea. It's a white pomegranate tea. So it's actually really good. It's actually from the um, Jocko podcast. If you, if you listen to the Jocko podcast, it's the tea that uh, Jocko sells and it's really good and i actually like to make it kind of like a dessert tea almost kind of a you take a little bit of so you, you get some boiling hot water you uh let the tea steep when it's done you put a little splash of milk in some sugar and it tastes like what's the fucking cereal it tastes like the milk the milk of a cereal no it tastes like the milk of a fruity pebbles i think i believe that's the cereal i'm thinking of um whatever it's like really sweet delicious good tasting uh tea so i'm drinking that tonight and i'm gonna give you the rundown first before we jump into it i want to apologize for missing last night's podcast i know this is supposed to be a daily podcast um but baby was at the uh babysitters last night and so my wife and i had a nice little date night and i'm not gonna break away from that and uh, do a podcast i'm sorry so we're going to start the night off with sports, a lot of sports going on this weekend. It's uh, Saturday, March 3rd right now, and we're going to start with the NBA, and we'll just work our way through there. Um, I didn't have a ton of time to, to look into articles and stuff, but we'll see what headlines are out there and see if anything piques my interest while we're doing this podcast. Um, so we're going to jump in. Uh, before we read off the scores for tonight, uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring up some basketball headlines. So if you haven't uh, heard about it, see like anything about it, um, J.R. Smith of the Cavaliers threw a fucking bowl, bowl of soup at an assistant manager. So let me let me bring up the article here so I can uh, uh, let me bring up the article here on NBA.com to really uh, <laughs> uh, give you the accurate uh, description of everything. So I can't remember the coach's name. So J.R. Smith's return from suspension w- was super for one half. That's that's the pun that the guy decided to use on the fucking NBA.com. Uh, so J.R. Smith returned from a one-game suspension, scoring 19 points, including and celebrating a three-point. This is actually on his return. So he was banned for for one game. Uh, they played against Philly. They actually, I believe, lost to Philly in that game. Um, I think I think he yeah I think. Uh, I think they lost that game. I uh, I don't see the score here. Oh yeah, yeah, they lost. Uh, yeah, it's a Philly. Yep, it was Philly. Sorry. Um, so yeah, but he was benched after he threw a bowl of soup at the assistant coach Damon Jones. That was the coach's name, Damon Jones. Uh, he threw a fucking bowl of soup, and and somebody asked him, "What bowl of soup did you throw at him?" Uh, he won't. Uh, Smith's like, I won't say, I bet he remembers, but he's trying to remain professional after this unprofessional incident. Um, uh, I bet I'm going to speculate that it was broccoli cheese. I don't know why. He just, I bet J.R. Smith eats some broccoli cheese. It's, hey, the good soup. Um, but uh, let's see. They, I don't know. It's funny, though. Just, I don't know. I was reading the article on about the punishment. He was banned for one game and just how they were talking about it kind of just reminded me some like kindergarten type punishment it didn't seem like a grown man thing and i'm not saying like it's not like throwing the bowl of soup is like a kindergarten thing i just it was he was suspended for one day and they're like and then he threw soup and it just it was i don't know it had me laughing about that shit but uh but um 
on to other things. Uh, Thunder, actually. Uh, so we'll go into a trade. Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thumb. Wow. The Oklahoma City. Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying. Oklahoma. Uh, the Oklahoma City. No, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, have sent free agent guard Corey Brewer. So Brewer, I got. Where did Brewer play before? Did he play for the Clippers? I want to say he played for the Clippers. Um, do they have this information in the article? Oh, Lakers. Most recently, Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, it's close. One of those fucking L.A. teams. So, yeah, he played for the Lakers before. So, now he is on Oklahoma City. So, we're going to jump in. I think that's really all of the top articles. Kind of funny articles are, uh, was the soup and then trade. Other than that, I'm not seeing anything really that, that needs to be discussed um, for any reason. So, we're going to go ahead and read the score so like i said it's it's march 3rd um and this is the saturday this is from saturday morning all the way up into the evening there's actually a good amount of basketball today um as well as a lot of other sports today so um we're gonna jump into this so the first game was memphis grizzlies versus the orlando magic the magic get it with the win 107 to 100 magic claim the first series sweep since uh the 2001 and 2002 series uh denver nuggets versus the cleveland cavaliers the denver nuggets get the win 126 to 117 harris 32 points six of the nuggets 19 threes detroit pistons uh, lose to the miami heat the miami heat winning at 105 to 96 heat limit the pistons to a 41 field goal percentage uh with 18 turnovers whoo that's a lot of turnovers. Houston Rockets versus the Boston Celtics. The Rockets get the win 123 to 120. The Rockets rally late, extending the winning streak to 15. So the Rockets are really feeling it right now. They've been absolute, just just dominating. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers beat the San Antonio Spurs. The Lakers get the win 116 to 112. Ball 18.7 rebounds and 11 assists. Oklahoma City Thunder lose to Portland today 108 to 100. McCollum 28 points and Lillard gets 20. So they they're they're two top players right there just doing some work. And finish it off. Uh, Sacramento losing again to the Utah Jazz this time. Jazz get the win 98 to 91 uh that will do it oh and if if you're interested donovan mitchell 27 points so so pretty good performance out of donovan mitchell right there um so that will do it for the nba let's go take a look at what's going on in the nhl so um nhl right now uh Let's see for March 3rd. So currently the New York Rangers versus Edmonton is still going on. They're in the final seconds of the third. The New York Rangers are up 3-2. So I, I bet that it is pretty safe to say that will be the final score. They're at like 16 seconds uh, at the time of recording. Uh, Tampa Bay beats Philly uh, in a shootout. So 7-6. to six. And actually, as I said that, the New York Rangers do get the win three to two against Edmonton. So Tampa Bay beats Philly in a shootout seven to six. Dallas beats St. Louis three two in overtime. Uh, the Kings fall to the Chicago Blackhawks five three, 
And let's see, was there any other games? Yes, there was a good amount of games here. Uh, New York Islanders uh, lose to Pittsburgh in overtime, 3-2. Arizona beats Ottawa, 2-1. Washington beats Toronto in a dominating style, 5-2. I think I missed a game there, and I apologize. Yes, Boston uh, beat, what team was that? Sorry, this little wheel. Uh, it's not good. Boston, I cannot tell who they were playing, but Boston won that game. I apologize. This uh, this webpage is being a little bit weird as I'm as I'm reading it off here. Um, not a ton going on. McDavid grabs his 30th goal of the season. Season Crosby gets a game-winning goal in overtime. Um, those are the top articles in the NHL right now. Uh, da, da, da. Yep, that's looking pretty much it. I'm not going to sit here and look much more into it. It does not look like too much news is popping off in the NHL. Let's take a look at the NFL really quick. The Combine's been going on. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look. I'm on NFL.com right now. I'm going to see uh, NFL Combine winners and losers. So this is a, uh, a write-up by Bucky Brooks, um, an NFL analyst. And uh, let's go ahead and take a look so he uh he writes the winners of the combine and i haven't really been following it but um josh allen uh qb out of wyoming so to the surprise of scouts in attendance allen was the best passer on the field saturday he not only showed exceptional range as a deep ball thrower but was on point with his short and immediate tosses particularly outbreaking routes to the boundary in addition allen displayed improved footworks uh, footwork mechanics on his throws, which led to better accuracy and ball placement. While it is important to keep a t-shirts and shorts workout in perspective, his stellar outing from Allen will prompt some scouts to view the Wyoming product as the number one quarterback prospect in the class based on his physical dimensions and limitless potential. Whew. Had some trouble at the end of that sentence. Uh, the other top, I'm not going to read each uh, player, uh, but the other QBs that are in the top are Antonio, or not QBs, but uh, the other top player, other players in the top winning um, section of this article, Antonio Callaway, wide receiver out of Florida, and Mike Jaseki, tight end out of Penn State. The losers, the people who are not doing well, um, are going to be... Uh, Josh Rosen, QB out of UCLA. The and I'll read this first one, and then I will read off just the rest of this list. Uh, the most polished passer in 2018 quarterback class was expected to put on a throwing expedition or exhibition uh, that would create buzz in Indianapolis about his readiness as a franchise QB. But Rosen failed to play up to expectations, struggling with his accuracy and ball placement in drills. Rosen missed the mark on several immediate throws, particularly on the outbreaking routes speed out of the post corner. The repeated misfires were surprising considering how he displays outstanding accuracy, ball placement, and anticipation on tape. While evaluators don't really have concerns about his mechanics, footwork, or arm talent, Saturday's struggles will give scouts an opportunity to see how he responds to a little adversity when he gets another chance on his pro day uh the other is lamar jackson qb out of louisville and jordan lazily wide receiver out of ucla if you're curious on reading 
the the rest of that article and, and on the other players, then definitely head on over to NFL.com. And that was the winners and losers of day two, the combine. So let us go on to the MLS. So the MLS soccer. Uh, we're gearing up for tomorrow. It's going to be big Premier League day. I'm a huge uh, Manchester United fan, so I'm excited about that. And that will be tomorrow. So um, for today, uh, out of the MLS, good amount of games. Uh, so Toronto FC versus Columbus. Uh, Columbus gets, and this is opening day, I believe, for the MLS, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm pretty sure it was opening day for San Jose, because I, I was thinking about going uh, to the Quakes game. Um, Columbus versus Toronto, Columbus gets to win 2-0. Houston versus Atlanta, Houston with just a dominating performance, 4-0. Philadelphia versus New England, Philadelphia gets that win, 2-0. So maybe it's going to be a good season uh, for Philadelphia uh, soccer, just like it was for the uh, the Eagles. Uh, Orlando versus DC United and 1-1 for the tie. Dallas, FC Dallas versus uh, Real uh, Salt Lake, 1-1. San Jose versus Minnesota. San Jose gets the win, so awesome. Uh, my home team gets the win there, 3-2. So that's what they, the score was. I maybe should have gone to that game. Um, and that'll be it. There's a few games tomorrow as well. So let us head on to, actually, we're going to head on to um, Overwatch League now because I know there was some Overwatch League uh, excitement today. So let's see how that's going right now. I think it's is it actually still, so there's, there's games going right now. Um, but let's take a look at this, uh, the scores for today. So for today, whew, oh my goodness. Okay, so for today, um, absolutely dominating, dominating performance just from kind of one side down the map here. So you're gonna you'll hear what I mean when when we go through this. So uh, Philadelphia versus London, London gets the win four to zero. Houston versus New York gets the win. Uh, New York. So London got the win last one. Uh, New York gets the win here four to zero. And uh, Shanghai is having a really fucking tough go of it. They have lost every fucking game. Um, God damn, Shanghai. Uh, I feel, feel for you. But uh, Shanghai loses to San Francisco 4-0. to zero. So uh, pretty interesting. Uh, that, uh, not really interesting. Interest, interesting is not the word I'm looking for here. But um, it's just funny how all the teams uh, went 4 no. There was no, you know, you know 3-1. to one. Nothing. It's all four to zero. So, um, dominant, dominant performance from three, three of the teams at least. So that's it for the Overwatch League. I'm trying to think if I am missing a sport here. Oh, let's go pop on over to the MLB and let us check what is going on. So uh, a lot of games. And I'm not going to sit and read spring training. There's a lot of games in spring training and they're uh, going on at once. And there's uh, just so much. Um, so I, I I will bring you all the scores and all that information once MLB uh, gets into regular season, which is approaching very quickly. And I am excited. Um, but uh, we will just see if there's any top top things going on, any moving and shaking in the uh, in the MLB. Looking at the top articles here, it does not uh, does not seem to be anything too crazy going on. 
Evan Longoria scored a first home run in a Giants uniform. That is pretty awesome. Uh, like a, you probably are familiar now. I live in the the California Bay Area, so I'm a big fan of San Jose Sharks, San Francisco Giants, San Francisco Niners, and uh, and um, San Jose uh, Quakes and Golden State Warriors. Those are my those are my teams. So I, I do like to uh, read and talk about news on those teams just because they're, they're my hometown teams. Uh, da, da, da. I think that's really it. I think that's really, really it. I'm not seeing too much. Um, Angels prospect Matt Thace hit a home run straight into center field camera. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, I think that is it. Verlander. What was that about Verlander? I saw something about Verlander there. What was that? Well, I thought I saw something about Verlander, but I guess I did not. So that will have to do. So that, that I think, is going to do it for sports. I, I'm it's kind of late. Oh, oh, my God. Now, these are the uh, the fights. I didn't get a chance to watch uh, UFC 2, 222. I really wanted to. Um, but I, I was just so busy today i had to go to the city and i just i did not get a chance to watch them so i, I didn't want to buy them if i if i wasn't going to watch them um so let's go ahead and see so it looks like oh it looks like currently right now uh, cyborg and uh yana are actually um in the first round yeah, they're in the first round currently. They're they're kind of taking their way down, and they're in the final minute and a half uh, to the final ninety seconds on the uh, first round. Um, so far, I'm actually just gonna read off of the live stats. So far, it looks like Yana has been in more control. She's uh, been on uh, in control of the fight for about two minutes, but total strikes though. Uh, Cyborg is just laying them on. She's got 42 out of 54 strikes, whereas Yana only has 17 of 24 significant strikes. Holy crap! So the, uh, I'm like I said, I'm not watching this, but this must be a really. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm reading this thing completely wrong. Oh my, oh my fucking god, oh my fucking god. Uh, because it said live, and I, I was like, oh, well, we must be live at one round one. No, 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 I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, why do I, uh, why do I even talk? Uh, no, Cyborg, I'm like, oh God, Cyborg's kicking her ass, 33 significant shot. I'm a fucking idiot, man. Uh, Cyborg is the winner, so she is still uh, the uh, featherweight uh, champion. So she, uh, she won round one in round one um, with 42 total strikes, uh, 33 significant strikes, uh, one takedown. Uh, and she was a winner by KO, so so that's really awesome. Sorry about that. Sorry about that little uh, reading that like a like a fucking idiot right there. So um, let us go on to the other games. Let's see. Why is this? My fucking Mac is acting hella weird. Um, so we are gonna go ahead and look at all the fights here. Then uh, maybe not all of them, but I'll at least run through the main cards. Uh, da, da, da. Why is it not giving me? Goodness me, I am so sorry, guys. Okay, there we go, there we go, there we go. So, uh, 
Brian Ortega beats Frankie Edgar. Whew. Oh, uh, you know what, man? I, I'm way off. I was going for uh, Edgar there, but, you know, I guess I was sleeping on Brian Ortega. Uh, it was pretty uh, even uh, when it comes to strikes. You have Frankie Edgar landing 27 of 77 strikes and Brian Ortega leave, uh, landing 25 of 77. So really, really uh, even. Uh, but every strike thrown was significant. It has 27 significant uh, to Edgar and 25 significant to Ortega. So that really is... Uh, that that one shows you a good, um, you know, quality over quantity. Edgar had more significant strikes, and still Ortega he made each one count and gets the finish by knockout. So that is good for Brian Ortega. Okay, so on to uh, uh, Sean O'Malley versus Andre Southsukaya. I cannot say his last name, but O'Malley gets the win by decision. Um, uh, he so O'Malley landed a total of 73 out of 121 strikes to Andre's 42 out of 79. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, Sean O'Malley gets 63 uh, out of uh, significant strikes and uh, to Andre's 25. So dominant performance by O'Malley uh, there. So we're gonna go on to St- uh, Stefan Struve. Versus Andre Arlosvi. Oh my goodness, Arlosvi. I, I'm so bad with names. I, I know, I've heard his name so many times. I know how to say his name, and and when I try to make these lips, these lips work, it just does not come out. Um, but Andre gets the uh, gets the win with decision. He's got 76 total strikes to Struve's 37. Significant for Andre was 46 to Struve's 34. Uh, he get Andre also had four takedowns on that, so not really good performance out of him, and he gets the decision. We're gonna read just the main card here. So, uh, Kat Zingano or Zugano uh, to Ketlin's Vieira. Uh, Ketlin gets a winner by decision. She got 96 total strikes to Kat's 77. She got 41 significant strikes to Kat's. 59. She also had a submission attempt and two takedowns. This was Ketlin. She had the submission attempt and two takedowns. So, uh, and she was actually uh, in control quite a bit. If you, Cat uh, was in control uh, 10 seconds, and uh, Ketlin was nine minutes and 35 seconds. So just dominating the octagon there. I think that is gonna do it for the main card is it not let's see no 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 sorry no yes it is um but you know what i know a lot of people were uh eyeing this fight and it was kind of hyped up uh ashley yoder versus mackenzie dern i'll go ahead and read these ones even though it is a fs1 card uh so that is uh the winner is mackenzie dern she gets the win with 76 total strikes to yoder's 73 uh, Dern, though, most of those strikes, 70 significant strikes to 52. Um, Ash- Ashley's 52. My goodness. Uh, Mackenzie also gets one takedown and one submission attempt. Also, Mackenzie was in control 5 minutes, 59 seconds to Yoder's 29. We're going to go ahead and stop talking about 
the old MMA here. I'm not going to read through all the free fights because hopefully you watch those. I didn't watch those. Um, but yeah, we're not going to go down through all those. There's a lot of cards here. So I don't want to bore you to death reading off all these uh, results. Um, so what else is going on? I think that'll do it for sports. I'm feeling feeling pretty good that I haven't missed a sport. If I have, um, <laughs> fucking at me on Twitter and tell me how much of an idiot I am. But I think I got all the sports that, well, of course, not every sport that happened, but uh, all, all the sports that we usually talk about. Um, so let's talk some normal everyday news let's see what's going on so i'm going to go ahead over i like to get a lot of my news uh from so excuse me from the bbc uh because i like to know bbc has i from this is my opinion they have a very good uh not, not okay sorry about that uh my audio file <laughs> cut off there so you um, may have heard a little little pause or whatever there but uh but we're back so sorry about that um, but what, what I'm talking about, what, what I was hopefully talking about, hopefully I'm remembering this correctly, but um, was jumping into the regular news, the gaming news, the tech news, and how I liked BBC. Usually, and I mean, we're going to go to a few different sites here, but I do like BBC. They give a pretty, there's a big, big problem in the U.S. right now, very biased. It's very hard to find non-biased news, and there is news sources out there, but I find BBC's big so they they cover a wide a, array of stories um and they also keep it somewhat um non-biased they are of course a bit um they are a bit left-leaning and um but uh, you know i do my best to kind of pull the information out and not get an opinion because i what I, you know i don't, I don't want to make this some political left versus right type podcast i just want to bring the news to you in in a non Bias way, so um, let's get into it. So actually, this one's kind of not even uh, big news, um, but oh no, you know what? Sorry, no, not that article. What was I gonna bring to you? I wear up. Okay, like I said, I've been having some technical difficulties over here with my uh, my MacBook today, so I really do apologize. It ended my file it's just been acting kind of funny over here um so please bear with me i know it doesn't make for very entertaining podcast here but um you know that's one thing too is i mean i could edit edit the podcast and and do all that and i and i could i i i know how to and and i definitely could but i want to keep this podcast just very just very very real like um no edits you know just how i would talk you know if I might fucking drop the F-bomb, I just, I don't want it to be some very edited, rigid, scripted, just bullshit, no, I just want to bring, talk sports, you know, that's the thing too, is like, uh, when I listen to like ESPN and stuff, it's just so just, boom, 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 reading a script, boom, 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 up, you know, and not ever having any type of like emotion or actually talking about like what, you want to talk about or say how you want to talk about it. and that's why i'm trying to just kind of do my own thing that's why you know i want to talk about it um and that's why too if you guys ever 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 um hear anything that you want to discuss or whatever please reach out to me because i just uh, 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 yeah but uh sorry i'm rambling on here like a fucking fool so um 
there's not really any big news. Like, what is going on? There's really, I mean, uh, if you're curious, back to sports, PSG's Neymar has successful surgery. Um, Syrian forces take 10% of the rebel enclave. Um, oh, I, you know, uh, I hate to bring war, uh, but let's see. So, Syria war. So, pro-Assad forces recapture 10% of eastern Ghouta monitors say. So, um, pro-government forces in Syria have reportedly recaptured about 10% of rebel-held eastern Ghouta enclave. Uh, the Syrian observatory. Damn, police are just flying by right now. Um, the Syrian observatory. Observ Observatory for Human Rights, a UK-based monitoring. Sorry, excuse me. Like I said before in uh, past podcasts, I do live near a busy road, so it's a common occurrence to have them just fly by. And uh, as you probably have heard, the car is just going by. Yeah, I live near a busy road. I, I, I try to uh, keep my game as low as possible to, to kind of not pick up that, but um, it's just so loud. And if I turn down too much, you won't hear me talk, so... I will continue to work on uh, getting that sound cut out, though. Uh, <laughs> something is going down outside, guys. Um, but uh, the Syrian Observatory. Let's try to let's try to read this article that I keep fucking trying to read here. These fucking police. There's like five, six uh, cop guys going by there. So the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, a UK-based monitoring group, says fighting on the ground intensified here. Or there on Saturday, rebels responded by shelling nearby Damascus. Some 393,000 people were, are trapped in eastern Ghouta, which has been besieged by the government since 2013. Food and medical stocks are dwindling, and aid trucks are unable to get in. Uh, the UN called for a 30-day ceasefire in Syria to allow uh, aid deliveries and medical evacuations. Syria's military says it's trying to liberate the region, one of the last rebel strongholds uh, from those terms terrorists. <clears throat> or oh, those it terms terrorists, not those terms terrorists. <laughs> uh, but it also has been accused of targeting civilians. More than 640 people have been killed since 18th of February and more than 150 of them are children so um, more than, so we'll keep going so more than 100 civilians have died since the UN secretary secretary council called for a 30-day ceasefire a week ago UN secretary general Antonio Guterres has said the local population is living on, uh, in hell on earth um, so this is uh, uh, actually we're almost towards the end uh, a daily five-hour humanitarian pause ordered by Russia. The Syrian government has failed to stop the bloodshed. Moscow has offered the civilians in eastern Ghouta safe passage during the pauses, but the Syrian observatory says none have departed since Tuesday. Russia military said in a statement that no civilians had used the prescribed exit route on Saturday. In northern Syria, on a different front, the country's seventh civil war, Turkey seven years civil war god i cannot fucking read why do i try to read these articles if i can't read uh turkey says it has captured a kurdish town in the northern region of afrin at least 36 pro-syrian government troops sent to support kurdish forces are said to have died in a turkish airstrike turkey launched a military offensive in the area six weeks ago to clear it of the kurdish military who it views as terrorists so that's a very complicated um 
this is just so complicated. I, I'm not even. I don't even really have too much commentary on that. Um, but pro Assad forces, uh, basically that that was something. Pro Assad forces recapture 10% of Eastern Ghouta. So that is that. Um, uh, that's you know that's a diff uh, difficult thing too with the Russia thing you know because um, I saw a documentary not too long ago actually I was just talking about Reggie Yates's book uh, recently and then I, I so Reggie Yates if, if you didn't listen to the last podcast he's a documentary film uh, maker who also wrote a book uh, detailing some of his experiences with those documentaries that he filmed. Uh, he's actually filming a documentary right now on Grenfell Towers, uh, the tower that burned in, in London, and there's a lot of uh, controversy and thing, there's a lot of problems if you're not familiar with that, um, and I'm very excited for that. So if Grenfell Towers is something that uh, interests you, the, everything that's going on, uh, definitely keep your eyes open for that from the Reggie Yates documentary. But back to what I was saying, he, uh, Reggie Yates did a documentary on... Uh, the radical, the the like white nationalist radical radicalism radicalism in uh, Russia, and how the minorities, the um, the like minorities in Russia, uh, are harassed constantly. They're beaten in the streets. They're killed. Uh, so just you know, ranging from from just verbal harassment all the way up to murder. Um, and it, it's like a, it's a growing epide epidemic. It's, it's really bad. Um, and so, and then especially with the war, I know things were heating up. So that's a really, yeah, I don't know if, if being like, I can't even imagine or putting my, I can't even put my shoes in what it would be like to, to be living in Syria. Um, yeah, I really, yeah. But, um, if, Obviously, getting away from from uh, all the the war and, and everything is is good, but but to go into another hell, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's really difficult. That's really difficult. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's kind of a somber. Let me try to find a a beat story. I don't want to make this just like the the news that you'd find on TV, where it's just one bad story after another. Usually we can dig up a little bit of a better story here. So let's see what's going on in the... You know what? Let's go on to some gaming. I like to talk gaming and tech. And so let's get on to some gaming and tech. So we are not reading war story after war story to something else. Um, doo -doo -doo. Oh, let's see. Overwatch League bites down. This is from Compete. So compete.taku.com. Overwatch League bites down hard on some lemons for a good cause. So this is hashtag, ooh, so hashtag lemons for leukemia. Uh, host Malik Forte, Forte came on during a halftime break in today's Overwatch League to take a chunk out of a lemon in front of a live audience. Don't worry, it's for a good cause. Lemons for Leukemia is a campaign started by two friends, Dylan Hill and Chris Benton Court, the latter of which was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. The goal is to raise awareness for bone marrow, 
donations to or donations by challenging friends to biting down on a raw lemon. Stars like Danny DeVito have already taken part, and today Overwatch League tackled it. And after Team Envious owners of the Dallas Field challenged them, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so first up, Forte. I'm not gonna. Obviously, I won't watch, watch the video. You guys can't see the video, but uh, Malik challenged the desk where Chris Puckett and Josh Slideshow Wilkinson chewed their lemons. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about lemons for leukemia and the bone marrow donation, you can visit One List One Life or follow Be the Match on Twitter. So that's really that's see this is a much good palate cleanser story right there. Uh, I guess kind of because leukemia is a horrible thing, but but it's always good to see those charities and those those kind of trending, uh, trending good cause type uh, things. I mean, if you look at the ice bucket challenge, how much revenue that was able to generate. So um, it's good to see those things pop up. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the gaming world. Uh, da, da, da. Fuck you, ads. <laughs> fucking compare your home mortgage with Lending Tree, bitch. I, I'm not ready to buy a home. Get out of here. Apartment living is the living for me. Not really. I do want to move, but uh, but yeah. Let's see some Overwatch League. I think we've talked enough Overwatch League tonight. That's been a lot of the topic today. Um. Oh yeah, I actually saw this article on Friday. Uh, came out kind of late Friday, so um, this is written by Jason Schreier. Uh, so after the loot box theory, the people behind the next battlefield are being very cautious. So that's good to hear because um, now, see, I've talked about this on the podcast as well, but um, I personally do not have a ton of problems with loot boxes. I think if they're done well, if they're done, the uh, you know cosmetics and and whatnot. I I don't mind them. I actually kind of like them. I like being able to kind of just pay some money, get a loot box, get some cool skins or whatever. Um, of course, the problem is, and I, I think a lot of people feel that way. The problem is when they're pay to win on a multiplayer game. Now, if they're pay to win on a single player game, who really gives a fuck? I mean, it's a cheap shot. It's a quick way to buy a game, and I probably won't play. Or I mean, to beat a game, I probably will not play it um, if that's present. But that's the thing, I, and that's same with multiplayer. See, this, this is the stance that I take that differs from a lot of people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that share my my stance on it as well, though, and that is um, you're going to find out if a game has loot boxes and how those loot boxes are being implemented implemented what's in those loot boxes before the game comes out. If you, if you just do some, if you listen to this podcast, you will, and if you... Uh, uh, or if you go and read some articles, they're they're always you know nowadays any game, before a game comes out you're gonna know. Uh, you can look at uh, Shadow of Mordor. You can see how you know the, they there was people breaking down the loot boxes in that game like a week or two before the game came out. You can look at Battlefront Two and see that. Um, and if it just looks real shady, I'm going to not get it. And that's how I feel, you know. It, it sucks to see a great game you're excited for go down that road. But I just kind of say fuck it and write it off. Um, a lot of people um, don't feel that way, though. They feel like uh, it's, you know, the developer shouldn't, shouldn't do this. And they have to go after them and make, uh, you know, make 
uh, and that not maybe not that it, they have to go after them but that by making it a big deal and really showing the developer that their unhappiness a the developer might change and also a it'll be a warning which obviously must be paying off if um, this article exists talking about how um, battlefield so they of course ea um, is the publisher for battlefield and they <laughs> did not do well with the battlefront i personally love battlefront i didn't think it was too pay to win i mean it was a little bit it was definitely teetering on that line um and when you played the little uh space i can't remember what that fucking the flying uh game mode was i cannot remember that that one i'll give it to you well it was pretty pay to win the other modes i didn't find too pay to win even when people said like the heroes versus heroes game or whatever um was super pay to win i personally didn't see it but you know what the fuck do i know um, so that being said, so I'm going to get back to this article. That was kind of a long rant there, but after the loot box fury, the people behind the next battlefield are being very cautious. Um, so the people who make battlefield, just like many other developers across the video game industry have heard that loot box fear loudly and clearly the next battlefield's microtransaction plans remain in a flux as they are in many games until close to release, but it's unlikely they'll inspire as much anger as star Wars battlefront two did. That'll be the theme based on a conversations I've had with the developers at a range of major studios lately. Nobody wants their game to be remembered for its loot boxes no one's going to do any pay to win stuff anymore one person close to the next battlefield told me recently we didn't take any of the loot box controversy lightly i'm sure they didn't it cost them a lot of fucking money um a series of reports this week starting with venture beat have pegged the next battlefield as a world war ii game in most years the venue uh, of a new big game would be its most newsworthy attribute. That's not quite the case with the new game from EA, a company whose handling of micropayments has been major news. So what may be more of interest to players is the, that the website US Gamer reported yesterday that the upcoming Battlefield will include cosmetic-only loot boxes as 2016's Battlefield 1 did. That report is accurate. If a bit premature, say people I've spoken to, two people close to DICE told me that while microtransactions plans for the next Battlefield have been changed before and will no doubt change again before the game is out this fall, the company is indeed hoping to stick to a cosmetics-only approach. One person added the caveat that US Gamer is making a conclusion about something that still is inconclusive. It'd be a major departure from DICE's last game, the now infamous Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, so Battlefront 2, which came out last November, will be remembered forever as the tipping point of a year full of controversy over companies charging extra dollars for features in $60 games. Players grew so angry at the game's pay-to-win microtransaction system that EA made a desperate decision just a day before release to temporarily pull an pull all extra payments from the game ea and dice have not yet said when those microtransactions will return but the widespread anger has led to endless punditry uh statements from politicians and tepid reaction by the entertainment rating software board so esrb there um i only said that because everyone's so used to hearing esrb uh uh and not the, not the the fully uh, spelled out version there. 
Um, so I'm not going to continue reading. It's going to this article kind of just gets into um, what happened with Star Wars, but um, so it's good to hear if you're if you're a Battlefield fan and and you were really you saw Battlefront two come out. You saw that fucking debacle. Um, like I said, I didn't think it was that bad, but a lot of people had problems with it, and and they rightfully, you know, have your own problems. It it definitely did. Like I said, I I felt that it was teetering on the line without crossing it. See, but I'm, you know, uh, so Battlefront, that a lot of the people really complaining about it, a lot of the friends that I have that were really complaining on it about it are console gamers, and I, I don't know. Okay, so... Uh, I'm a console gamer and PC. I have both. I prefer my PC, but I play my my PlayStation and my Xbox a, l- a large amount too. I even play my Switch pretty, a good a good amount. But uh, um, I think I developed my attitude mainly. Like you don't get the pay to win as often in the console. The games are screened better. They're just not as flooded uh, market. But on PC, there are so many fucking pay to win games. There there are everywhere. You go on Steam. I guarantee you can find so many games i'm not even kidding um and so i've kind of learned that like game looks cool and then you read reviews or you see something and it's like no dude it's got pay to win attributes it's got this it's got that it's fucking pay to win you go fuck this game i don't care i'm not buying it and you just kind of go on with your day keep scrolling through the games list trying to find the next game to buy so I don't know. That's kind of where I developed that attitude. It's like, I don't really give a fuck about loot boxes, but guess what? If I find out a loot box is like super abusive or contains like super pay, pay to win or whatever, I'm just not going to fucking buy it. I, you know, even if the game looks amazing and I wish they didn't do it, I'll just move on. There's so many games out there, guys. There's so many games. There's so many good games. There's just, oh my God. And it seems like uh, every month at least one really solid game comes out nowadays. Um, it is a bit limited if you only have like Xbox or only have PlayStation, um, especially if you only have Switch. Uh, actually, no, I shouldn't even say it like that because the Switch actually has been um, releasing quite a bit of games. But um, but when you do, when you kind of um, you have everything, you can find a game on every single console coming out pretty much every month. Um, that's really good. So that's why. I, um, you know, if you're really just a one console kind of person or whatever, then, you know, do you, I guess. Um, but that's why I really am so against when people just get so take like one side, like, oh, Microsoft, Xbox for life, homie, PlayStation for life, homie, PC for life, homie. Like, um, they're all good in their own ways and they all have exclusives, some more than others. We'll say that. Um and they all bring different things to the table and if you love video games why like pick one side like why pick only xbox because whatever reason because it's from the you know made in the u.s because you had an xbox your first console whatever makes you only pick one side i'm not trying to pick on xbox like fuck it let's switch to sony playstation um your only playstation like why because now a good game comes out on xbox as xbox exclusive and you can't play it because you're so, I'm so the only, I'm never ever, would never ever own an Xbox. Um, I don't know. This is me rambling on. But I just, I never got that. So, um, you know, I have my preferences. You know, I like PC the best. Uh, I always flip-flop between Xbox. Like, literally, you ask me one month, uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Literally, you ask me one month. So, I'll tell you, Sony. I'm all, you know, I, I like my PlayStation better. Um and then the next month, I like my Xbox better. It just kind of depends what updates are there, what games are out. That's really what it is, too. Like, um, when Gears War 4 drops, 
I, I just played Gears. And then um, I was like, yeah, I'm not really filling my PlayStation. I was just playing Gears all the time. And then, like, something came out on the PlayStation. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of fu- fucked the Xbox right now. I really like the PlayStation. And, I mean, so, whatever. Um, but I you know I always kind of fall back on my PlayStation, my PC. I mean, best it's undeniable the PC's better. No one's arguing that anymore, I don't think. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I love World of Warcraft, so I always come back and play a while. Um, I'm, I'm rambling here, but, um, yeah, that, that, I don't, I don't know. So let's see what else is in the gaming world. Let's see. Let's check out Polygon. Let's see what Polygon's got going on. Polygon's got going on. Polygon's got going on. Let's see. Some reviews. It doesn't look like um, too much. Oh, yeah, you know what? Um, there's an article here on the top that I, I saw. I don't think I saw a polygon, but I did see in a worthwhile talking about if you play the Switch, um, a year-old Nintendo Switch playtime data being deleted. So I don't know if this is a bug. If it's a bug, I'm sorry. I can't remember. Um, I, the article I read didn't say if it was a bug and Nintendo was fixing it or if it's just what Nintendo Switch does but after one year uh, the playtime so it tells you, you know your playtime like you spend 40 hours on Zelda or whatever um, deletes so it just boom it's gone it says like last played yesterday like you don't have the 10 hours I mean the 40 hours or whatever you put into it um, and I actually talked to one of my friends about this and I was like that would piss me off like oh my god like Oh my! I would hate that so much. And and he was like, "No, nah, what the? What are you talking about? Like, why would you care about your playtime? Like, you whatever. It's not like you're you're saved. Like, what you've done is being left. Who gives a fuck? If, oh, if it says I played one hour or forty, as long as what I've done is still there, it's a valid point. Um, so I think this is kind of one of those things that this is some people are going to be really bothered by this, and some people are not. Me personally, I'd be fucking livid. I love like Steam. How I can see like oh, I've put eight hours into this game, and I love like when I can like i'm playing wow i can hit like slash plate and be like i've spent like fucking 30 days on this one character um that's a lot of fucking time i have no fucking life uh but uh i really like that i like being able to look and it's all just superficial it doesn't really matter it doesn't change the gaming experience or anything like that i just i like to go oh i've put 100 hours into that or whatever so um that would you know and i have a switch and i play switch and um I guess kind of for how I use the Switch, it's not really that bothersome because how I play my Switch is I pick it up once a month when I'm on. I have to go somewhere or do something where I'm going to have to just kind of like sit around for a while, maybe like a family event or something, um, and I can kind of just sit and play on it. But like when I'm home and just normal days, I I don't play my Switch. I'd much rather just go to my computer. and stuff like that. I don't know. So I don't play my Switch a ton. I do enjoy it when I use it, but it's not my like sole console. So I don't really care about it, I guess. But if that were to happen on my PC or my PlayStation or my Xbox, I would be kind of mad if um and and actually PC and Xbox unless the game have it game has it uh just do not have it. So if it's just not there, that's whatever. But when it was was there and then it was taken from me, that's when it would bother me. So Oh, what else is going on? Um, ooh. Now, um, 
I this is actually I'm not gonna of course watch this and it's probably pretty long too but um oh I'm super excited about this holy shit ooh I'm fucking excited this is only 90 seconds um so if oh I'm like okay anyway, I'm sorry I'm like really excited about this so I'm a big Far Cry fan I love Far Cry and um, I'm very excited for Far Cry 5 oh my god I, I can't even tell you I, I love like everything I've seen about it it just in uh, the the plot um and uh oh I'm just excited I'm really excited um but uh so this article is um so this is about Far Cry 5. So it is Far Cry 5 gets a live action short movie on Amazon Prime. So Ubisoft is touting this month's launch of Far Cry 5 with a live action short film titled Far Cry 5 Inside Eden's Gate premiering Monday, March 5th on Amazon Prime. The teaser embedded above makes the film out to be a scene setter establishing the Eden's Gate cult and its doings in fictitious Hope County, Montana. The story is told through the eyes of three vloggers who head out west to learn about the cult, and it looks like they get into way more than they bargain for. Once they encounter the Koresh leader, Daniel Seed, Ubisoft has, um, oh, sorry, that there was there was a period there. See, I didn't see the period. I just keep running on like it's a fucking comma or something. I don't even know. But um, Ubisoft has a thing for live action promos of its big franchises, Ghost Recon Recon. Wow, Ghost Recon Recon. Hmm. Yeah, Ghost. That's actually a good. That's got a nice title. That's got. They, hey, Ubisoft. Next game, Ghost Recon. Recon. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft has a thing for live action promos of its big franchise, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, had a live action trailer before its launch last year. Assassin's Creed Origins also got a live action hype before its launch in October. So that is really excited. Uh, Far Cry launches. So if anyone else is um, excited as well and maybe forgot the date, Far Cry launches March 27th. If you um, haven't played Far Cry, take a look at this game. Far Cry 5 is the one that's coming out. It's really good, and you can even pick up the old games and play them now. Far Cry 4. Uh, Far Cry Primal was even pretty good. I mean, a lot of people kind of hated Far Cry Primal. It's kind of just like a mi not a mini game. It certainly wasn't a mini game, but it was kind of a what's the word i'm looking for well whatever it was of course the, it was the middle it was in, i can't think of the fucking word it's gonna bother me but you had far cry 4 and you have far cry 5 about to come out and there was far cry primal it was just a fun little game in the middle just to keep you busy because far cry 5 and far cry 4 had a good dip you know i'm curious what's they had a distance a good distance so far cry 5 comes out march 27th um this year so 2018 in far cry 4 release date let me see what date this game came out it was a while ago so i remember playing it um yeah 2014 so four years ago and primal came out in 2016 so basically just kind of a kind of filler because of the two-year gap from 2016 and overall to fill the four-year gap in between all of that far cry 4 is pretty good as well um so yeah, if you haven't played Far Cry uh, at all, I, I, I actually, you know, I, I bet there is a good amount of people that haven't, but definitely check them out. It's a good series. Check out the trailers and, and all the stuff on Far Cry 5. It looks really fun. And, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead. We're going to we're gonna start wrapping this podcast up. I've been rambling for so much tonight, and uh, 
let's see let's see what's going on in tech let's see if there's any interesting tech and then we'll we'll go ahead and finish this up so let's see mm. hmm. nest will stop stocking its products on amazon i wonder why of the sudden pool so amazon will soon stop selling all of nest products the dumb anti-consumer feud drags on as nest decides to halt restocks at amazon nest products won't be sold at amazon.com any longer once current stock runs out according to the report from business insider excuse me uh, amazon last year declined to offer some of the nest newer products like the nest cam iq and the latest generation smart thermostat after weeks of simply ignoring the products and being unresponsive to nest amazon informed the company of its decision by phone late in the year and said the, the directive came from the top something nest took to mean it had been handed down by ceo jeff bezos there has been no direct confirmation on this however as a result nest has decided to halt further restocks at amazon once remaining the remaining product inventory is exhausted. It's unclear whether third-party sellers will continue selling Nest gadgets, but Amazon itself will not. In removing itself from Amazon, Nest's reasoning is that the powerful retailer should be selling its entire product family or nothing at all. Right now, several Nest products are available on Prime uh, with Prime shipping, but they're f fulfilled by Amazon and actually being sold by under, under vendors. Oh my goodness me. Uh, so that's that's interesting good on nest you know um honestly like i like amazon i i have amazon i use amazon but um amazon i don't know i don't know the whole story but uh amazon seems kind of dickish in that for whatever reason amazon might have a very very valid reason that is not in that article to not be selling nest products um but if they're just being dicks maybe that just don't like Nest. I don't know why. Why, why would you not like Nest? I don't know. Maybe uh, Jeff Bezos doesn't like the Nest CEO. He's like, fuck that guy, and uh, he's not selling his product. Uh, so good for Nest. But that didn't. That, that's not true. I'm just rambling. But uh, good on Nest to pull their products and be like, we don't. We don't need you. We're a strong, independent company. We're gonna go take our business elsewhere. Uh, so let's see. I think it's kind of it. I don't really see. I don't really see anything. Ooh, Apple's reportedly planning to release a... This will be the final article here because I am on a MacBook. This is about a MacBook. And we will finish it up here. So Apple currently sells the MacBook for 900 and Oh, this is the MacBook Air, not the MacBook Pro or anything. MacBook Air for $999. Apple hasn't done much with its ultra-thin MacBook Air in recent years, opening... Uh, opting to slim down some of its offerings instead, but the computer is reasonably popular, and according to Apple analyst KGI Securities via 9to5Mac, the company is reportedly planning to release a cheaper model at some point in the second quarter of 2018. According to 9to5Mac analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, expects that Apple will release a 13-inch MacBook Air with a lower price tag later this year, and that the lower price tag could help boost Apple's laptop sales. While the line celebrates its 10th year in 2018, the line has largely only received incremental updates. 
the last of which came last summer when Apple updated it with a faster 1.8 gigahertz Intel processor. And Apple currently sells the MacBook. I already read that for 999. Uh, just in case you forgot, you know, there was a lot of reading. You might have forgot. So it's 999 dollars. <laughs> the report also says that Apple will likely refresh its AirPods, and that the HomePod has been met with mediocre demand. Uh, yeah, because you can get it fucking cheaper, a lot cheaper, and yeah, like, I love Apple, I, okay, so I'm someone who's switched back and forth between Android and Apple, I've switched back, I've had the Blackberry Priv, I've had the Samsung uh, S8, I had the S8 Plus actually, I've had the Samsung S7, uh, the Edge one, one with the edges, or the kind of like sharp edges or whatever, whatever one it is. Um, back in the day, I used to have like HTC and I've had a bunch, um, and I've had a ton of Apple products too. I, I, I bounce around. I usually get a new phone every six months, um, I, with my Planet T-Mobile. It makes it really easy. So that's really awesome. Um, but I fucking hate Apple. I fucking hate Apple. And you want me to tell you the only reason why I have Apple is for iMessage. That's really it for iMessage. It's convenient. It's nice. Everybody has Apple. Everybody has an iPhone. So there are everybody that I interact. Maybe I need new friends. That's what it is probably. Um, and it's just easy. It's easy. I like iMessage. It's got a lot of features. Um, fucking text messages. Like when you when you are um, someone who doesn't have an Android and you're texting someone with Apple, it just fucking sucks, and then especially, like, you get that green message when you have an Apple, when you have an iPhone, you, like, text someone that is, like, who is this motherfucker living in the Stone Age, knowing, uh, you're, like, what kind of piece of shit rock fucking phone is this guy sending on, in reality, he's probably got a better phone than I do, um, <laughs> but that, it just, it's just this snooty fucking attitude, and I hate it, but I, I can't give it up, um, and now I really fucked myself because I bought an Apple Apple Watch. So now when I thought about kind of thought about going to the S9, the S9 looks pretty nice uh, when it comes out. But then I'm like, well, damn, I paid this fucking four hundred dollar goddamn fucking watch. I better keep the fucking iPhone because then my watch becomes obsolete. I would fuck. So you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm going to bed. Good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have a good night or good morning. Whatever, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, make that time good. How about that? All right, I'll talk to you guys later.